0: Week. Find out more about the incredible tree on today's Creation Moments Minute! Genesis uses only a few words and simple language to describe the creation of trees. That hardly seems fair considering the importance, variety and complexity of the largest and longest living things on Earth. Let's take a closer look at the amazing and magnificent tree. Did you know that the largest sequoias in Northern California weigh more than six blue whales? Or that the tallest Australian eucalyptus tree in redwoods can tower as high as a 30-story building? Some of the bristlecone pines in the American West are 4,000 years old, making them the oldest living things on the planet. And we're just getting started! More fascinating facts about trees coming your way tomorrow on the Creation Moments Minute. I'm your host, Darren Marlar.
1: In Kansas, call Jiggy right now. Two six seven twenty two Jiggy. He's realizing
2: Jiggy Jaguar is better than me. So, nice. I'm totally serious about that too. Jiggy Jaguar. Welcome back to our big broadcast, coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn iTunes, Radio Loyalty, Stitcher. Thanks for tuning in to the big broadcast. From the KJ Radio Studios in downtown of Kansas, where Live is Live can get to Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific, and 1 PM Mountain Standard in each and every... Monday through Friday, 24-7 at JiggyJaguar.com. On the TuneIn apps and Radio Loyalty, our brand-new free Droid app is now available at JiggyJaguar.us. Stream the show live, 24-7 replay, exclusive news and programming information. Selected editions are available on the iHeartRadio app and the 60-plus AM FM stations in the Jiggy Jaguar radio network. Our telephone number is 267-22-JIGGY. On-demand, commercial-free podcasts are available for $5 a month at our website. It's red link on the homepage at JiggyJaguar.com. We've got a great guest with us today. We're going to go ahead and let him introduce himself. Then we'll talk a little bit about why he's here. So go ahead and jump in there, my friend. Give us a brief introduction on yourself.
1: Sure. Nice to be here. Thanks. Uh, My name's Doug Green, and I'm a a psychotherapist and a writer. And here to talk about a book I just...
2: Now, uh, first of all, tell us a little bit on your background that that led you to publishing this book.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, Well, like I said, I'm a psychotherapist. I have a private practice in Los Angeles. But uh, I also was the owner of a really great dog, or the partner of a really great dog, and she was not the smartest dog you ever met. She was not the noblest. Uh, she was not a pure breed. Uh, she was often kind of a dope. Yeah. But in the end, I or eventually, I found her to be the greatest teacher of, of timeless wisdom that I ever knew. And in uh, in her later years, I would bring her along with me in my therapy practice, and I would find that the that my clients would open up to her, uh, relax with her, relate to her in ways that I could never achieve. And then even after she was gone, uh, when I would talk about her in relation to what they were going through, they'd connect to her in this profound way, kind of like the way little kids connect to animals and their pets. And so I came up with this idea of writing this book about what I learned from her and how it affected me and affected others in my life and in her life.
2: We've got a uh, great guest with us today. He joins us live here on the telephone talking a little bit about uh, unconditional love as taught by the four-legged masters. Douglas Green with us today <laughs> here on our broadcast. Now, um, th- you, you've got a lot of cool things here. D- tell us a little bit about the writing process and everything that it took to put this book together.
1: You have three hours. <laughs> uh, it, at the beginning, I came up with this idea, and I just started writing things down. Got quite a few down, and eventually, I realized I'm never going to be able to do this this way. It'll never work. And I've kept a, a journal, a diary, for oh, long time now, almost twenty years, and or no, I'm sorry, almost thirty. And I, so I went back into it to go through it and piece out everything I'd written about her in her lifetime. And right around that time there was a, a flu going around in town and I caught it like everybody else. But I just couldn't shake it. It just kept there, kept I kept doing so badly. Meanwhile I'm going through my diary and the thing is when you read your own experiences in your own words, you relive everything. So you fall in love. You, you know, you're not just reading about it. You're re-experiencing it. She leaves you, messes you up. You go through that again. Your career looks like it's going well. You do great. Your career falls apart. You get totally depressed. And I was going through all this and eventually realized I'm not going to get healthy until I catch up to <laughs> what I have to get up through. So went all the way through to. You know, about six months or so after she was gone. And then I was totally right. Suddenly got fine, and I had a ungainly huge mess of information. And so it took about a year altogether to create it, to make it into a book. And then it was twice as long as it should be. So it took, I'll say, another year to get it down to the right form. We've but, got... Uh, it was
2: a lot of... We've got a great guest with us today. Douglas Green joins us here on our broadcast, and uh, it is an amazing, amazing read. Tell us a little bit about uh, what you want readers to take away from your writing.
1: Wow, uh, a lot of things. Again, the the, the subtitle of the book is, is "Life Lessons from a Divine Knucklehead," and so there's there's a lot that I learned from her, and I would certainly hope that any reader would pick up some things and go, "Wow, you know." <laughs> <laughs> there's something smart there. I hope so. uh but beyond that overall you want or I, I I just want readers to realize they that stupid annoying thing living in your house whether it's your your dog, your cat, your hamster, you might be able to look at it and learn something from it. And if you if you can just change your point of view, you might be able to figure that out particularly the fact that they don't have the big brains we do means that they live life in a different way. They, they live more in the moment. They aren't thinking about the distant future. They're not worrying about taxes and what they said last week and any of that. They're right there and they're focused on what they want, what they need, what they feel. And the vast majority of the time, what they want and need and feel is pretty wonderful. And so I think it's, it's a way of getting into ourselves and saying, you know, what, that's true of us, too, if we can get out of our, our giant heads every now and then.
2: We've got a great guest with us today. He joins us live here on our broadcast, Coast to Coast and Border to Border, uh, talking about this incredible, incredible book. Now, uh, you mention in the book you've learned a lot of different things. For instance, never take anything your partner does for granted within the relationship. Explain it to us.
1: Right, right, yeah, this is getting onto the relationship stuff. Um, you know, when, when you, if you have a dog, you, you know this, when you feed it, it is thrilled. Just couldn't be more excited the second you pull out that bowl. Or, and then if you pull out a leash, it's, it turns into Gene Kelly dancing around, running around you, jumping up and down. And if you have been gone away from home for a long day and you come home, it's just, yeah, you know, second coming. Just the dog is over the moon with ecstasy. I can't believe it. I can't believe you came back. This is so great. We hardly ever treat our partners that way in life. If, if your husband, your wife, your lover brings you flowers, you know, are, do you say, oh, good job. That's very nice. Oh, those are pretty nice. Or do you flip out? What about if they give you the flu? You know, do you, do you treat it as a gift because you got it from them? It's a sign of something wonderful from them? You know, if they make mistakes, do you, uh, do you just thank them for having tried? Uh, do you thank them for going to work and making a living? Do you thank them for taking care of themselves because that keeps them around for you? You know, all this stuff, a dog will do that and it's, as much as it can understand. And we'll do it for our dogs. But we're very bad at doing it with each other. Uh, you know, love, we think of it as a, as a state in love or something, but it's an active verb. Uh, and dogs actively love all the time. They love on you the second you come home. They are after that. And we analyze and keep scoreboards and judge and, and take for granted. And, you know... There's that old rule, because whatever you give, you tend to get back. So if you're sitting there judging and questioning and analyzing, that's probably what you're going to get back from the person you really want all that love from.
2: We've got so, a uh, great guest with us today. To he joins us live here on the telephone. The fantastic, fantastic guest. Now, uh, d- d- tell us a little bit more about this book. This is an amazing read. Tell me all about it.
1: Thanks. Well, again, it's it's the, it's her story, but it's seen through the lessons that I learned from this dog. So it's, you know, I, I, I've described it to people as, it's it's Marley and me, if it were written by Eckhart Tolle. Uh, it's, it's, so it goes through the whole story of her life, and she was, she was a terrible puppy, I will say. She was about the worst puppy I've ever known. Destructive, uh, enormously energetic, friendly, certainly, but but friendly in a way that destroyed a lot of stuff. <laughs> and I, I, one of the, the best stories with that was I have a friends, married couple, and he was a big, big guy, six foot four, big guy, and she was relatively small, and they made themselves a baby, and she, they, they came by my house when she was about eight and a half months pregnant, and she was so huge that she had at that point, I believe, four tops that she could still wear everything else she had outgrown and she was wearing this beautiful really nice sweater came by my place to meet my puppy and that ding dong jumped up thrilled to see her and ripped the entire sweater shreds in just one shot and that was not a good introduction <laughs> but so it starts like this but then over time stuff happened and you would get i'll say my my favorite story of this with uh again when she was very young was that she had never barked and she was part husky and that can be a trait of huskies and i thought that might be the case and i'd had her for a couple of weeks and she's about three three and a half months old and one thing was she seemed to learn house training pretty well but i walked into the front room one day and there she was under the dining table peeing on the rug and i walk up to her and point at that pee and say no and so she runs over and starts to bite my ankle say, no and she turns around and starts to bite the table leg no she starts to lick the urine up no Bites my hand. No! And starts to lick up again. I'm putting some powder on there. No! And it gets louder and louder and louder. And finally she turns around with this just furious rage in her eyes. and looks up at me and goes, and it was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's the moment I fell in love with her. And I just picked this little thing up, this frustrated, angry little thing up off the floor. and started kissing her. And at that moment, all I realized was this was a really good, you know, a beautiful little moment between us and funny. It was years later that I put together. She developed a really ugly bark, really nasty sound. And she never minded doing it. She thought it was great because she had learned that first day while her first two words to me were two words I can't repeat on your radio show. <laughs> that she, you know, that whatever she said, her voice was appreciated. Her voice was loved. And years later, I start becoming a psychotherapist, working with children, and learned that's actually the most profound lesson for child rearing I ever got. Because that's what we tend not to do too often. We. Teach our kids, oh, don't say those things. Don't express yourself. You don't want to be like that. Instead of saying, you know what, whatever you say, you're wonderful. Now, there are good reasons not to do certain things, but you're wonderful regardless. That's a really fantastic lesson.
2: Well, uh, before we let you go, how do we get a hold of you online, my friend?
1: Oh, that would be great. You can, if you want to learn about the book, you can go to Cavalaria Press, C A V A L L E R I A press dot com. You can can find the teachings of Sherelle on Facebook. Uh, You could find me on Twitter. I'm Doug Green author. That's D O U G G R E E N author. And uh, then there's another thing that I'd love to throw in here, which is uh, eventually. After I wrote the book, I came up with this idea and created a website that was an advice website. Uh, Mainly I thought of it for kids and teens, but a lot of adults have used it as well. And it's advice on whatever issues come up. It's usually relationship stuff about family or friends or dating, but the advice comes not from me, but from Sherelle, from the dog's point of view. So uh, it's called Ask Shirelle, dot And we've gotten hundreds of thousands of visitors from around the world. Uh, and getting advice
2: from the Well, good stuff. We've got to go, my friend. We've got to go. We're up against the clock. But thanks for being with us, my friend. I appreciate it. We're going to take a time out. Come back with more.